0: Welcome to On Your Terms with Erin King, a show about living a life you truly love. Here's Erin. Hey there, friends, and welcome to On Your Terms. I am Erin King, and guys, today our guest is one of my all-time favorite gals. Amber Lillestrom is a transformational, and that is the word, Branding Strategist. She is a business coach, author, speaker. She's been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, Working Mother Magazine, and her podcast, The Amber Lillestrom Show, has over 100,000 monthly downloads. On top of this, I can tell you from firsthand experience, not only is she a fellow D1 athlete, She is also someone who has been a huge support for me as we have shared some common family illness journeys that we've struggled with together. And the way I would describe her personally is she is an abundance activator. Like you get off the phone with Amber and you are just ready to kick ass at life. So success friends, without any further ado, please be my friend, Amber Lilisterium. Amber, welcome to the show. Erin,
1: thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate you, sister.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, you were obviously at the very top of my list when I was thinking about who to bring on this show to, to set the tone for what I hope are some really meaningful, rich dialogues. And the reason that you came to mind for me is you are someone who is so truly transparent about not just the shiny instagram reel that is very easy uh to broadcast to the world and safe but you really aren't afraid of the complex and the messy and shining a spotlight around this journey that you've been on for really the last seven years. I mean, you have gone through identity shifts. You have gone through grief. You have gone through a lot of emotional trials and tribulations, and yet you sit here today. Just the vibrance is coming through the Zoom screen. I can just feel your joy and feel that you really are on the other side of what's been a really um, a journey that I think could help serve many of us uh, here today and people that are listening that have struggled with their own Fertility journeys, identity journeys. So there's so much with you to unpack, as usual. But let's just begin, um, kind of at the at the intersection of of two dreams. A tale of two dreams, right? Because you are a a prolific contenter. You are a very successful business owner. You came from corporate, Um, your events, your podcasts, your coaching programs. You crush it in the space. You're so helpful and so well known. But you also have had this dream of motherhood. Um, You've had uh, your baby girl is uh, eight, eight years old, right? Seven years old.
1: She's eight. Yep.
0: Eight, eight years old, and then for seven years you struggled to expand your family. tell us about this tale of two dreams and how how you've navigated it, how how it unfolded, and and sort of where you sit uh, today, having gone through such a such a long journey.
1: Yeah, thanks, Erin. So you know, if I if I rewind all the way back to the beginning, my oldest dream is is to be a mother, I always knew that I would be a mom. And it's funny, I always knew that I would have a daughter. So for starters, I always knew I would have, oh, you know me, I can't even talk about my daughter without crying every single time. Um, so for my fellow criers in the house, uh, I know you guys can relate to that. <laughs> um, it's okay to cry on a podcast interview. It's okay. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, so I always knew that I wanted to be a mom. I knew I wanted to be a writer and a speaker and all these things, but that was second. And so I had this amazing career in, in corporate. I worked in collegiate athletics and um, at my alma mater of all places, go Wildcats. And I grew in that career to really the the top of, of being a professional sport marketer in the collegiate athletics realm. And when the intersection of my career and and also my sort of hidden background dream of wanting to write and wanting to speak intersected with motherhood becoming annie's mom um, after conceiving her via fertility treatments also i should say we were successful on our first try and so it didn't actually feel hard like there was no story for me at that time about infertility i just we just went and the doctor said we're gonna do this and we got pregnant on our first shot and so i didn't have an identity this is important little asterisk to put into the story in that moment of being someone who struggled with fertility it was just that We needed a little bit of help, but we easily got pregnant and we had our daughter. And after nine months of um, doing the dance between my corporate job and trying to build this business in the background, in the in the nights and weekends and these little spaces, I could find time and raising our daughter while my husband was a police officer. I took the leap. I gave my notice with one client, uh, and left my corporate career within the next month or so, and and got on the track of building this multiple seven figure business. Now here we are, eight years later, which I think is so interesting, right? That my daughter and my business are both eight, and they will always be the same age, and I just think that's really cool. It's a really important, you know, sort of milestone for us. Um, so we had Ani and then you know I was just doing the naptime hustle. I was living my dream of being home with my, my girl and, uh, going to the play groups and then putting her down for nap and getting on the coaching calls. And it was chaotic, but it was just so fulfilling. And I knew in that season, Aaron, you know, I was, I was, fully present for the moments that really mattered the most to me and i wasn't gonna have to regret you know i wasn't gonna have to try to get a do-over or a replay on my daughter's childhood and so that was always a centrally important focal point for me and so much so that you know my business growth could only go to a certain level because i only had so many hours you know in the week and that wasn't something i was willing to compromise on And so I think it's important to say here, you know, whatever that model is for you um, on your terms, right, of how you want to do business, how you want to do your career, how you want to do family, all of those things considered, they need to be on the table. I think it's so important for us to have this conversation with ourselves and with our loved ones and with our support systems to really draw the line, you know, on on what is going to work for us and what's not going to work for us. And so I was very clear early on that, um, my coaching business was super important to me. And I also was not willing to sacrifice certain aspects of my motherhood and my experience with my daughter that I couldn't get back. Right. And I, and one of my other dreams, and I shared this with you before we hit record and it's happening, it's been happening, but it's happening this year in a really cool way um now that my daughter's she will be 9 at this uh next speaking event that I have coming up um but I'm going to take her with me and so being able to go to these events and then travel with my family and and have these really amazing experiences of getting to see different cities and go to zoos and different places and landmarks and things that we wouldn't have the opportunity necessarily to do in a more corporate lifestyle and a more traditional school lifestyle we also homeschool um you know is it's happening and it's just it's a really It's really rewarding. You know, it's really fulfilling to see that come to fruition. So yeah, so so Ani and I, you know, we just we did this thing. We built this business in 2017. So I left in 2014 Um, in 2017. We retired Ben from his police career and then he came home and now he's my podcast producer. He's got his own podcast production company now that he is running. He's also running. This is really kind of fun. He is running an RV rental business. So it's like an Airbnb. We have an RV. And he rents this thing out. And I'm telling you, I mean, I'm like, can we ever use it? Like, is there a weekend that it's not, a- <laughs> it's rented out, but he's he's built this money-making machine out of this RV that we purchased last summer. And it's been so cool just to watch his entrepreneurial spirit take off. And, um, you know, us just living this, this lifestyle of like bringing in an income, supporting our family in these really dynamic and unique ways um and enjoying it you know thoroughly and also producing more joy for other people because they get to go and have adventures but I I laughed because I said honey our RV has been on more trips than we have like it's gone places (laughs) we've never even been before so good so funny yeah and so he came home in 2017 and I think it's important to note that in the background you know, we were trying to get pregnant, you know, we were trying to have another child, we were trying all along. And, you know, I had a few different doctor's appointments here and there, but we just had this hope that we'd be able to conceive naturally. And we weren't in any sort of rush because Ani was little. And, you know, I guess what I would say, just a piece of advice, take it or leave it. um, If I could go back to that version of me, I might encourage her to go see the doctor sooner, you know, to go and have that conversation sooner. But I think it's really Mm -hmm. complex to kind of like, inflict that upon my former self, because the truth is my former self had a toddler was building this business was like every minute of the day was filled up with either doing the mom thing or doing the business thing. Um, and, and it was just, it was all a lot. And so I can't, you know, judge that version of me because she literally did the best she could with the resources she had available to her. And I will say like, that has been some of the grief I've had to reckon with is that feeling of regret. Mm. Um, and so I think, that's just regret is such an interesting conversation point. It's such an interesting concept. And I'll be honest, it's really guided me on my journey, you know, and, and I, I think that sometimes that can be maybe a little bit, maybe masochistic in some ways or really wise. I don't know. But I think regret is sort of like this echo chamber that you can kind of go into and inside of it, you know, you are going to hear a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, Erin, that so many of us are afraid to feel that pain and that discomfort we're so terrified of what we're going to find there. And as I move into the more present day of what we've really been navigating over the last year and a half, you know, that's really where I had to, I had to face regret. I had to face it head on. And so I was just in the sea of it all, you know, like really letting myself feel it. I wasn't trying to numb past it. I wasn't trying to just like fast forward. Of course, there were moments of that, but Oh, I was in the really heavy deep work of of grief and this very complex type of grief that was multi-tiered and multifaceted that I'd never heard anybody talk about before. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have a lot of people I could relate to and I when I would share this with some of my older friends, they would just kind of look at me lovingly and be like, "Yes, honey." And I'm like, "Why does nobody talk about this?" Like why and like you had to do that by yourself? Like that makes me just want to weep. Like, let's talk about the reality of like the intersection of, and, you know, it gave me an enormous amount of compassion thinking about my mother in her forties with her father with cancer and her mother with Alzheimer's and her, her life and us being kind of like in that, um, early teen, you know, 10 to 13 age range, my brother and I, and all the complexities that we brought, you know, as kids and all the things we needed and how we were becoming, I was becoming a preteen and being a brat. And, you know, I'm just like, I, my heart just like breaks for my mom, you know, to think about all of that. Like she's having to, you know, you hear about the sandwich generation and and it, the idea that like, oh, I'm not, I'm not 30 anymore. You know, I'm in a new chapter. And so what that did for me was it just like unfurled this, this invitation to say what do you want these next 10 years to look like like what do you want this chapter of your 40s to look like like look what you did in your 30s amber like mm-hmm. it's magical it's miraculous you created you completely transformed your entire world in that decade and now you have a new one and so what mm-hmm. do you want this to be and it's okay mm-hmm. that you hurt and it's okay that you ache and it's okay that you're terrified and Like, of course, you, you can't get to that question in an honest way without looking at the complexity and the pain and the hard, right? You can't, you're not really being honest if you're not willing to look at that. And so I looked at it and in the midst of it, you know, in the, in the answering of that question, which I think it's, you know, I'm still answering it, but a a lot has changed since a year ago. Um, but in may i think it was like may right around the end of may into june um i had found this uh, adoption consultancy on instagram just i don't know i have no idea how um just somehow landed in my feed and it was probably like one of those like early sunday mornings and i'm up by myself and i'm just you know clicking around and scrolling and i follow this little rabbit trail back and i find this consultancy and i just i just like the vibe like i just i'm feeling i'm feeling the energetic I'm checking out their stuff and you know i did the thing where i clicked on the website a few times like started to fill it out and then i'm like oh, yeah i don't know what i'm doing you know i don't know and and so then i i, I said to ben i was like i really want to schedule a call with these guys i just want to have a conversation with them because i think you and i would both agree like we are this is unfinished we are we are there's an incompletion here as it relates to our parenting story and and he, you know, of course, he agreed. And and so we scheduled a call and we talked to this amazing woman. And um, we just made the decision, you know, to, to sign on with them. And I will say it was like, we were so tender hearted, you know, and we were also in no rush. And I think that's an important point. You know, we just gave ourselves the option. And I said, you know, at the end of the day, like, we could just proceed with this, but we can also We don't have to do anything with it we don't you know but at least we're going to give ourselves this option and i was Mm -hmm. so tender-hearted that i was like i couldn't couldn't really like get started and so we didn't we didn't really do anything we signed on with them they started working on building out a profile book for us like we did that part but we didn't push the home study button and like all that the checks and meeting with the social worker any of that stuff until like later in the fall uh, and I'm so grateful that we took our time with it all because we just we needed to. You know, we really needed to. And what it did was it then, as I was healing and as I was you know just moving through the grief and in different ways, I kind of moved my focus, my my focal point shifted a little bit. And I felt more resolved, you know, in the fertility piece, and I started to feel like I had something else to to be excited about, you know, something else to plug into and to just put my energy towards. Um and also I think it's funny we we coached Annie's uh fall soccer team. Um and so like we were just like doing other things that we hadn't done before. You know, we Ben and I were like the the co-coaches for her team and after that we were like that was insane. I don't know that we would do that again. <laughs> it was like <laughs> and then brave. of course, you know, we had the kid that was like I hate soccer and I never want to play and I just want to sit on the sidelines and like color. I'm like awesome. <laughs> um and so you're like you're like is this the bravest choice i've ever made <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly being a coach yeah oh my gosh it was wild mm-hmm. and so we went we we started the home study process and you know even that we had these multiple like three hour sessions with the social worker she's amazing and she's like a fairy godmother now we've become close with her um and But i mean i just like wept through the whole thing like she's asking all these questions about like my parenting philosophies and you know like my parents and my relationship with ben and like how much we love each other and you know just like what i love about him and oh my gosh i mean i literally just cried straight through every single one of the sessions because we're just talking about my beautiful life like how much i love my life and how much intention i put into the way that i live and and what i do and it was it was just this gift you know it was really it was a really unexpected gift you you think you hear people say like it's so invasive and you know they come into your house and all this and it's like well yeah (laughs) because Mm -hmm. if you're gonna welcome in a child we want to make sure that all the checks and balances are there you know for this child to have the best possible life and there's no greater gift or blessing or honor that someone could bestow upon you than to choose you to parent their child because they can't. And yeah. so it was just like a very sacred experience for us. Um, and so we were, you know, at end of November, we were approved um, officially. And, and then essentially it was like, okay, now you're open to apply for different cases. And so we had been receiving cases from when we signed on with the consultancy all the way till then, which was amazing, Aaron, because one of the other things you don't realize is that what it did for ben and i was it gave us the opportunity to have really in-depth conversations about like would we would we apply for this one and are we comfortable with this and are we comfortable with this and are we not and like what and then learning a lot about each other right and our preferences and you know and we really were like open preferences on all fronts we just kind of knew god would be in this with us and so it was like we didn't have to try to like overprotect um in a lot of ways you know from mm-hmm. from things we might be afraid of it was more like a surrender project if you will mm. um and so it was i mean i'm i'm so grateful that we had that runway because we got to learn a lot obviously we've learned so much about adoption we learned so much about just all the com- complexities of it you know in all that time and i and i really think it's important. You know, the, the more education you can have, the better you're going to be right for when that blessing comes into your life. And so, um, we walked over the threshold of 2022 and, um, just felt like, oh, you know, like, thank goodness, like that year's behind us. You know, that Macklemore songs, like this year's going to be better than yes. last year, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like that was like our, on, on new year's Eve, we were like, doing this dance, like we're, you know, getting after it as a family. Ani's like hoverboarding around the kitchen and like that song on blast. And we just knew it. Like we were like this, there's just, that was rough. That was rough, you know? And and this year, you know, we had decided to homeschool in October. It was just like such a complex year. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we started, you know, like putting in for things, but it's interesting because something happened, right? January and February, I was feeling discouraged. I was feeling like sheesh i don't know like is this going to happen or or is a birth mom going to choose a family that lives in new hampshire that seems really far away you know like i was just coming up with all the reasons why we wouldn't be chosen why this Mm. wasn't going to work for us i was just like Mm. for some i was i had this like kind of fear-based block around it and Mm -hmm. in march or right at the end of february into march i just i I read i read the book spirit babies so just bear with me people like many, many friends had recommended that I read this book, and I and I bought this book. And I'm like, all right, I'll just read the darn book. And I read this book, and what what really resonated for me was this idea that you know our kids choose us somehow, like that our kids are are meant for us, and it's not something that we can control per se, right? It's just like it's meant to be. And I and I, if I look at my daughter and know that that is one million percent the truth, I just feel that on a spiritual and soul level. And so I was like, okay. And I and I made this decision after reading that book and just having my own experiences. I, ben and I had this conversation. I said, honey, we have to just believe in our baby. We just have to believe in our baby with every ounce of our being. And we have to believe way before we know if and how this is gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And so we just made the decision to just remove the doubt, just completely disengage from doubt and mm-hmm. and choose to believe in in our child, whomever that was meant to be, we were just gonna have unwavering belief that he or she was on their way. And everything was in divine timing, right? Everything is, because the reality is, is everything is divine timing. Okay, mm-hmm. so we went on retreat. We were hosting uh, my Elevate Mentorship Client Retreat down in um, the on the Gulf Coast in Florida. And it was awesome. We, we went from uh, March 2nd until the 12th. So we did the retreat for a few days and then my family and I stayed, the three of us stayed and had a little beach vacation and just like had the best time, did all these really cool things. Um, I, during the retreat, I was activating this exercise with my clients. And I wanna share that with the audience because I think that this exercise could be extremely, extremely powerful. And the exercise was, I invited them to go back to a time on their personal timeline that was before a certain identity blocker story came into being and started to sort of take over as like how they perceive themselves. And so, hmm. here's my example: um, I started skiing again for the first time in ten years this this year, this February, and I had this day where I was at the, the hill, and it was like this glorious day. There was an eagle song on. It was like seventy degrees in New Hampshire. My New England friends know what I'm talking about. It was like this amazing day, you didn't even need a jacket, super rare, sitting out in the sun. And I am, I'm remembering Erin, that the version of me that used to ski before I had my daughter didn't have a story of infertility. She didn't have an identity of it. She had no worry or fear about it. She just knew she was meant to be a mom. She loved her life. Like she was just, right. And then I became a mom and I, I, you know, i I had a bunch of knee surgeries in college with soccer. And so it, after pregnancy and all that, it was just skiing was like, not on the radar for me, but it was something I loved. And, you know, my family have all been skiers. I used to race all these things. I love skiing. And I'm remembering this version of myself. And it just dawned on me like that, that's an, that's a doorway. Mm-hmm. She didn't. So what was it like to be her? Because you're still her. You can be her now. What does it feel like to live? in your life, in your body, without the identity of that story, without infertility being some sort of story that governs how you function and how you think about yourself. Like, what if Amber, what if all along it was meant to be this way because your child was supposed to come through adoption? Like, what if you were supposed to the whole time not bear another child in your womb, but to adopt a baby, Like, what if it was always meant to be that way? And so I just played with the possibilities of this story. And, um, I invited my, my clients to do this and it was so powerful. We had this beach fire thing and we did this exercise and we all like burned the story. And I just wrote the word infertility on a piece of paper. And I threw it in the fire and I cleared it. I just cleared it. It was like, it's not, this is not necessary here anymore. This is not helping me. It's not necessary. And, I released myself. I liberated myself from needing to be held back. And it's so interesting because while I was on this trip, all these miraculous things happened and it was because I kept asking for signs. I kept started asking for things. Um, I think the important one is, is I got an email from my doctor's office cause I had called them and I, I said to them, like long before this, you know, like what if we just tried IUI? Like what if we just threw everything at it? Like, what if we just, you know, we're supposed to welcome our baby in? Like, what if we were just tried that again? And they called me, and I was feeling really good about this, Erin. I was like, you know what? Like, this baby's coming no matter what, so let's just throw everything at it. And they called me, and they said, they left me this huge voicemail, and it was like, you need to get this test, and this test, and this test. And my whole body was like, nope. Yeah. No more. Yeah. And, and so the clarity of that was amazing, because then I thought, now I was in this new frame, the clarity of it was, oh, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not going back there. If I'm meant to conceive naturally, great, then we'll do that. But I'm not going back to poke and prod land. I I just am not interested in that. My body was like this full, full body, no way. And so I was asking for signs. And there was this one day I was out for a walk with my um, client that was, she lives down there. We went, we did a VIP session walking on the beach. It was so awesome. We're doing coaching session, walking on the beach for like two hours. And I look down at this one point and I find this tiny baby sand dollar. And I knew it Erin, because I asked, I asked God, I said, please send me a sign from, from our baby. I've never seen a baby sand dollar before. And I pick up this little sand dollar. And I just, I just felt it. Like I just knew it. And the story gets really good. I'll keep going. And then a couple of days after that, um, as a family, we went to seaside pause up to seaside, Florida. If anybody's been there before, it's amazing. And we went to this little shop, little baby shop. And, um, I knew when I walked in the doors that I was going to buy something for our baby. Now this felt like a bold move. I'll be honest. I felt a little bit like sheepish. Like I'm walking in there. I'm not pregnant. I don't have a child. Like, I don't know. You know, I'm just like blind faith. And, um, I said to my daughter and, you know, she is with me in all of it, you know, I just said, Ani, let's go buy, let's go buy your baby brother or sister or something. And she was like, okay. You know, like she has no, inhibitions around this. She has no reservations. She has no doubt. She's like, okay, because she just believes that this baby is coming. And so we go into the the shop and we buy a little seaside, a little 2T t-shirt. And I'll be honest, I bought that size because there was a part of me that was like, well, I can always give this to my nephew if this doesn't work out. Like I I still had like a little shadow, like a little, Mm -hmm. right? But I bought the shirt, I bought the shirt, put it in the bag, I brought it back. I showed it to Ben and he was like, awesome. You know, like just super supportive. And so we flew home on the 12th of March. We got home from Florida, went to New Hampshire. And then on the 13th of March, we were, um, you know, you get back from a trip. You've been gone a long time. We went and bought a bunch of groceries and we're just like getting unpacked and doing the life thing, getting ready for a new fresh week at home. And I get a text from my consultant and she says, check your email. I'm like, oh, okay. And if, you know, if they don't, that doesn't happen, you know, often. And so I was like running to my computer and I check my email and there's what they called a stork drop. And so that means that there's a baby that was born and the agency just like didn't know about it, but just knows now that there's a baby here and, and like an immediate situation that is available and this baby needs, it needs parents. Right. And so I read this letter from the, the agency that talking about this baby and it's a baby boy. And he was born at 817 uh, AM on the 13th of March. And it's like four thirty in the afternoon. And I'm reading my email. And they said, um, we're going to send you a profile book. If you're interested, they say this to everybody. And so you basically just like get to click the yes or the no button. And they said, you also need to write a letter to accompany this, like a letter to the birth mom. So I sit down, I put on a playlist and I just start writing this letter. Oh, not a dry eye, right? I'm just weeping, like writing this letter to her. And I'm just like feeling, I can't even put it into words. I'm just like feeling this connection. And then there's this part in her, the listing where they talk about the mother named the baby Alexander. And <laughs> when we were choosing names for Ani, we had a boy name and a girl name. And Anika was our girl name. Our boy name was Alexander. Mm. And so wow. I, I tell her this wow, right? wow. Get the letter. Yeah. I tell her this. Wow. And, um, I, crazy. I just, my whole heart, you know, and I just, I, I can't, it's like, again, when I said God is in this, like, I, yeah. I just, I knew it. And it's funny because I was just looking through my phone the other day at pictures, um, of those days. And I remember going after sending the letter, going into what was our guest room? What is his, the nursery, what is his room now? And sitting in there, and just like dreaming of him yeah. i just I felt yeah. it like my whole body i just felt it i felt yeah. this i felt him i felt his birth mom i just mm-hmm. felt it you know i can't even describe what that was and um so long story short here you know 24 hours later on monday the 14th at 4 30 in the afternoon my phone rings and it's the agency saying that they chose us that the birth parents chose us and Um, They said, can you talk to them? And so we got on the phone with them within the next like 20 minutes and just had this really like kindred connection and conversation um, with both the birth mom and the birth father. And they were like, okay, well, like we'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) And so we're like, we just got back from Florida at one in the morning on the 13th, the day that he was born, unbeknownst to us, like in another world, right? And then we don't even know about it until Monday the 14th. At four thirty in the afternoon, we call in the village. You know, my my dad's in the car, like coming to pick up the pets. Uh, my best friend's driving over. I just said to her, I called her and like told her we're all like crying. I'm like, I need things that are for a baby. It's <laughs> like, what do babies need? I need all of that because we didn't have yeah. like we like we had it. You know, my parents' house and there's we the crib is there and we had the things, but they weren't like sitting in the room waiting. You know. Yeah. Yeah, So Liza shows up and she's got like diapers and wipes and bags of things. And she's just like, OK, you know, and and we're like packing stuff and Ben's on the computer trying to book flights. And I'm FaceTiming friends and family and just like, oh, screenshotting everybody's faces, you know, as we're yeah. telling them. Um, and then at 145 on the morning of March 15th, we are in the car driving to the airport. My sweet little Annie is just like wearing her oh, super fun sister T-shirt her like pink shirt oh my gosh we got the empty car seat walking through the airport getting a lot of looks for that you know and um we get to to Florida and you know we we were there and yeah by that afternoon we got to go meet him and he became our son and Alexander Lilliestrom is our is our second child our
0: baby boy oh my gosh Amber What a story. I cannot believe you had the name Alexander picked out. That is wild. I mean, there's just no chance of that being a coincidence. It's (laughs) just. Oh, there is. First of all, I'm so grateful for your your happy ending to your long journey as a friend. Congratulations on Alexander. Congratulations to your entire family. I mean, Ani, your husband, just your happy family of 4. I'm just I've seen your journey online and just hearing you walk through it in this gracious, honest detail. I'm just so happy for you. Um Thank so congrats you. on that. And there's just so much that we can we need to talk about here because
1: <laughs> if my <laughs> listeners
0: are anything like me, whenever I talk to you and I hear how you operate with such an elevated level of intentionality. I mean, you are a master manifester you you are a student of it i mean you're always constantly investing in in this this idea of of identifying what is going to make your heart sing that you know is destined for you and having that kind of laser focused and deep brave desire but you marry it so well with the reality of the surrender that that takes and the blind faith that that takes, and I think that your ability to exist at that intersection of clarity on what you know that you're meant to experience, and then the other road of, yeah, but you're not driving as much as you yeah. want to be driving, yeah. as much as we want it to be on our terms. It's our, on our terms is kind of an interesting mm. phrase because only so much can be right. <laughs> on our terms. You're sort of looking at the terms that you're dealt, and you're saying, how am I going to process? these terms that have been downloaded to me. How do I yeah. respond to them? How right. do I interpret them? And so and so what I love most, I love so many things about this, this story, but what I love most about it is you have that that D1 dogged determination of like, like my, my story is not going to end this way. I know it's not going to end this way. The how didn't matter. The how didn't matter so much as like the bravery to keep getting back up, the blind faith, the trust, the releasing of of the past identity. I mean, I think that you shedding that that label of who you were in the before times. You know, the the skiing gal who wasn't defined by her infertility. I mean, how many of us have something from the before times um, that haunts us that we just can't release? That is honestly this this it's an old story. Yet we keep opening that book, and what a block. Right. getting to the next chapter you know so i just i think that i think that for those of us who are listening and i just feel in awe of that type of of like relentless dogged like trust in in the plan unfolding so for people who are listening who are like gosh i just i feel like i can't get back up i feel like i can't mm-hmm. see where i'm going like how like from an either from an energetic management standpoint or a or a rolling up the sleeves and doing the work standpoint like how do we cultivate that kind of really relentless trust and optimism and faith that the path that we're walking down twists and turns and all things are not happening to us but for us like how do we cultivate a higher deeper sense of that that you work so hard to have but that is the reason it delivers for you you know like pun intended right like yeah i mean how 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 can we become better at that because i always listen to you and i'm like i always feel like i'm a kindergartner and you're like a college professor in this game <laughs> of manifestation and i work very hard at it i i consider myself to be a super attractor i read i do yes. the work i do the visualizations i've manifested all kinds of crazy stuff but i listen to you and you're really operating on another level another vibration so how can how can like us mere mortals are mere manifestation <laughs> mortals just really, how can we grab a better gear there? Like what's, what's the way that we can start to tap into this? Because the way that you did is just, it's so powerful. And like, I want more of that in my life. Like how, how can I become better at that?
1: Mm, thank you for your kind words. And, um, I love the way you ask questions. It's so amazing. Um, so I really believe that our dreams are prayers. And I don't think that we, most of us don't connect those two things together, but I ask you, and I know we've talked about this before, you know, like, where did your dream come from? Can you can you explain it away? Can you get specific and tell me exactly why you have the technical or vision that you do that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you think about it, and is extremely unique to you. I think that our dreams are frankly our greatest gift because they are here to pull us through the muck and the mire and the, the mundane. They are here to remind us of our magnificence. The fact that we can conceptualize of a dream, that we are sophisticated enough beings to be able to have a dream, even when our heart has been completely shattered, to wake up and to feel that inspiration coursing through our veins again. It's miraculous. Mm-hmm. And so, my dreams are what save me. You know, I always say, if the dream is in you, it's for you. And it's just this, this steadfast reminder and a little mantra for people to say that to themselves. And I knew that the dream of my motherhood was not over. I mean, of course I have my daughter, so I don't ever want to tell this story and diminish the fact that I am a mother and that I was a mother while I was still dreaming of having a second child. But I also don't think that I need to feel guilty about the fact that I wanted to grow, that I wanted my daughter to be a big sister like I was and that I am. I wanted her to have that experience. I wanted family. I wanted my my husband to be the father to a son, God willing, but we were completely open to whatever that was supposed to happen, you know, however that's supposed to happen. So I think that's part one is remembering that our dreams are like prayers and we should treat them as such.
0: That's mm-hmm. the first piece. The second piece is that- Can I ask you a question about that? Yeah. At a certain point in your journey, did it ever cross your mind that your dream was too big or it was too juicy for you? Like that it was maybe- it was a dream that maybe was for younger Amber or, you know, pre poke and prod Amber, or like, was there a mm-hmm. moment where your your inner critic or your inner Regina George was like, that, yeah. that, that was your dream, but now it's time to sort of re-examine it and like air quote, grow up a little bit because reality is punching you in the face with a different story. So mm-hmm. how did you, How did you put those blinders on to stay anchored on that deep prayer when so much of the world was giving you these signals that like your dream was in you, but didn't seem to be for you?
1: So I think
0: that the initial
1: conceptualization or idea of the dream uh, comes forth in a really sort of human way. So, okay, so it comes in as this miraculous download and we see it. And then our human brain tries to understand how we're going to get to it almost immediately. And so therefore, it's the perfect invitation for the Regina George mean girl to come in and start poking holes in it because it doesn't feel logical. And so I try to just return back to the magic of it and to kind of float with it and to remember that my dream is here to help me evolve. And if you can think about, and let's all just do this together, think about any dream that you've had on your journey along the way. I had a dream of becoming a division one athlete and being the captain of the team. Now there was a lot that had to happen in order for that dream to come to fruition a lot, a lot of trials and tribulations and failures and pain and injuries and comeback stories and all of these things. And And ultimately when it did happen, I played my senior season with a torn VMO muscle. I could barely even run but I was the captain of the team and I was, and I had to lead. It didn't look the way that I thought it would. I was hoping to be like all everything. Right. And I was like the all time leading bench warmer who was like a superstar cheerleader who would go in as like a morale booster in the games to get, to help my team win. Right. But I, I couldn't perform at the highest level of my athletic ability because I was literally super injured. But what I got from that, Look what I got from that experience of learning how to walk again, three times, learning how to lead when I felt like the biggest loser on the team, learning how to push through the, that type of adversity and encourage my fellow teammates who were also felt like losers, cause they didn't get a lot of playtime, and, and make them focus on what was inside of them every day at practice and bring out the best in them. So my, that dream, it did happen in 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 specific form in some ways but also not at all and it gave me a million other gifts that I could have never conceptualized of and so I want to remind us of this that if we can get into the faith that if the dream is in us it's really for us even with all of the baggage and the junk that's going to come with it right like I had a dream of being a mother do you think that I ever thought that it was going to be in the way that it all unfolded. Definitely not. But look at who I've become after navigating infertility, after navigating, I can, I can understand women, I can understand people in an even more compassionate way as a result of going through that type of loss and, and feeling that type of feeling and that that dissatisfaction. But also like the, the 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 gratitude and the miraculous nature of the fact that I actually did get pregnant and I learned later in a meeting with my doctor after Ani was born, you know, I was like, well, it was like so good. We got pregnant on the first try, la-di-da-di-da. And he was like, no, I don't think you understand. I remember it was like a a record scratch moment. He was like, you had a less than 2% chance of conceiving her. And I was like, well, that's why she's a miracle anyway. (laughs) But also I was like, holy, you know, Um, because I didn't know that. And here's the thing, because I didn't know that, I had no worries.
0: That's right, that's right.
1: So does that all help? It's like baked in. Yeah, it, it does. In.
0: What what I really took from that, it's it's it does help. But I think kind of clicking that lens to exactly how we can better prepare ourselves. Like when we're walking our journey to be the team captain, or we're walking our journey towards an unlikely motherhood, or we are whatever whatever the dream that's in us that's for us that we're chasing down. I love hearing these stories of like those memes they have on Instagram where it's like, you know, what you think it's going to be and it's just a, a hockey stick. And then what it actually is, it's a scribble that goes all around. It's just like how we never hear a story of like a great achievement or a dream or a beautiful moment where someone's like, well, I wanted to do this. I dreamed it. And then it happened the end. Like there's <laughs> no stories like that. Every story that's really, truly beautiful, it's like this. It's all over yes. the place. And so what I find to be so energizing and comforting and what allows me to sort of release this illusion of control or this engineering of me being the driver. Whenever I think about all of these incredibly powerful stories and the twists and the turns, it's almost like I begin to when I begin to, to dial in towards a dream, I begin to sort of remember to expect that exactly what, how I think it's going to unfold. It's probably less than a 2% chance yes. of it actually unfolding like that. And yes. so we kind of change our expectations around the 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 dream path i i personally find that it allows it gives it's almost like um thinking about that to me is almost like a mental xanax that allows me to surrender more frictionlessly
1: that's good i like that
0: so i feel like if we can just like i like to tuck a few stories in my back pocket that i have on call for those moments where you're like why isn't this happening <laughs> I thought. and then you, you just look back at your like top two three stories oh, remember this remember this so i love these stories are so important to share and for those of you listening if you have a story that is similar and someone says oh my gosh your house your job your child your venture your weight loss whatever it is please please be the person that we need which is the person that says let me tell you what actually happened mm. to get here mm. Because we all need to hear more of those because that's exactly what helps drive us to be able to trust our ride with our blind faith, with our surrendering, and with that deep knowledge that if it is in us, it is for us. So I'm so thankful Mm -hmm. for you sharing all the beautiful and scary and difficult parts of this journey because it's certainly, I needed to hear it myself today for some things that I've been kind of screaming about. And it's just, it's just great to hear. So thank you for being so authentic with
1: it. You're welcome. You know, the second piece, I think I want to highlight Aaron, that feels
0: super important.
1: It's not only understanding that the dream is the prayer, but it's, it's secondly making peace with yourself. And for me, those kinds of, those things were a bit flip flop for me. Um, I knew that I didn't want to walk over the threshold of motherhood, still hating myself. And I knew that my business, you know, my, my real work in the world could never grow to what I wanted it to grow. If I was my number one enemy and adversary. And so that inner peace work and, and, you know, really, really sitting down with your inner Regina George or whomever you might call her. Uh, and, and just doing that deep work, being really honest is, is a second piece. I think that we can't avoid or ignore, because otherwise what will happen is these failures will occur. And I use air quotes when I say that these challenges will pop up along the path. And we will immediately use them as evidence against ourselves to say, see, you can't have that. You're a fraud. You're an imposter. You can't have that dream. Who the heck do you think you are? And we just build this case right that we've many of us have built for a lot of years. And so the real work was that peace meeting that that truce with myself and sitting down and deciding I was no longer going to punish myself, that I was no longer going to make myself the villain in my own story, that I was no longer going to just literally berate myself and beat myself up. And I think that, you know, the people that I love to learn from are the ones who went through that process, right. And, and are honest about the fact that that's a real thing. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, um, it's still a real thing in, in small ways, right? It's like, I'm certainly number one team player for team a over here, but I still have moments where I feel certain things and what opens it is this willingness to be super honest and this willingness to say like, oh man, you know, um, I feel like I have this podcast or I have this, this stuff I'm creating or these emails I'm writing, but there's a part of me that just thinks like, what's the point? Like nobody cares. Like nobody Mm -hmm. cares about what you have to say eh? you know, Mm -hmm. and I still have that voice come up often. And I think that that see, that's an, that's an opportunity. That's a doorway. That's an, an invitation to say, wait a minute, why do you think that's there? Like, what do you think that's actually about? What are mm-hmm. some roots? And and when you do the work, I think that we find new things. I think we find new inroads. We find new opportunities to do deeper healing, to soothe our central nervous systems, to notice the patterns, to notice the, the subtle energetic addictions that we have, right? To To look at the ways that we sort of medicate ourselves through our emotions and through thought patterns. And so I just get, really excited about that kind of work, even though it's really freaking uncomfortable, but Mm -hmm. I also know, and I've learned this at a really young age, that, that discomfort, that kind of discomfort is just the, it's a growth edge. It's a signal of that next level of my own personal evolution project. It's, it's really selfishly in the deepest, most important way. It's the, the pathway to, to greater liberation and freedom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the opportunity to actually be free and less in bondage to my own pain of my own mm-hmm. self-inflicted, you know, uh, messaging. And, and mm-hmm. so I walk that path, you know, regularly and readily. And, um, I know if you're listening to this podcast, you likely do too.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. I mean, a lot of what, what you're talking about is, is that observing of our own behaviors, like observing ourselves, observing our lives, like that yeah. second layer and i find that 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 for me is the most challenging piece because that requires so much mental space that i feel i have to extra intentionally carve out. Like my mind is going a million miles an hour all day, just like all of us. You're just trying to get through this and trying to get through that. And this drops in. And so to be able to like, I literally have this alarm on my phone that just says stop in all (laughs) capital letters with like a hundred exclamation marks, like stop. And it literally goes off every 90 minutes throughout the entire day. And I stop and I take a breath and I just look at, okay, what is my emotional state? What's my thought pattern? Why am I responding like this? Now it lasts for sometimes, sometimes 15 seconds, sometimes one second. I ignore it. It's it's like the override on your phone where it's like you've reached your time limit on Instagram and you just override it. You know, it doesn't work (laughs) all the time. But there have been times throughout this, I've been doing about six months, and and there are moments where I'll really stop and I'll just observe like what is, what are the roots of this reaction to this person on my team? What is the what is the catalyst for seeing her success and instead of initially feeling like I wanna cheer her on, like the team abundance player, I was also a team captain to the one lacrosse player. I love a good team effort, like this is my jam. When I find myself p- playing on team scarcity and not mm. team abundance, what is that? Is it because she has she's reminding me that I'm not where I want to be? Is it because she's doing it in a way that I know is my weakness? Like taking a minute to look at those roots is so smart and can be so hard to actually. Do oh yeah, so. yeah. For me, it's like I literally have an alarm set every ninety minutes that goes off and says stop. <laughs> I just have to I stop. Love it. And Take a minute. It doesn't always work, but I just I love a good little hack to be able to to put into practice kind of what you're advocating for, which is so true and so powerful. So um, thank you for Mm. authorizing us to say, hey, are we at peace with ourselves or, you know, we're already fighting so many battles externally. Let's can we at least rectify the one internally?
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's going to it's going to. Parlay into your physical experience. You know, your inner world is reflected in your external circumstances, and I wish it wasn't that way. <laughs> Same, um, but Same. it just is. You know, it just is, and you it learn is. that in the most humbling of ways, over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And um, there just are no mistakes with that. So, I yeah, I love this invitation to to talk about this topic because there really isn't anything that. Um, yeah, I mean it's off limits that we can conceptualize of, you know, the the dreams can they're going to take on a different form and I just think, you know, I think about the people who are like I want to be a musician, I want to be a singer and I I didn't make it on American Idol or whatever, you know, I didn't yeah. I didn't make it and then they start a TikTok channel and suddenly they have a cajillion followers, and they are now getting invited to go on big stages and do collaborations and all these things. And it's like, could you have even imagined that TikTok would be invented, and that you would then get to go be this this performer, this person? So, just you just don't know how it's going to unfold. And I I just urge you, if you're listening to this, to just take a closer look. You know, get get back on the horse. Um, but also give yourself permission to be honest and let your feelings you know, let them rip, you know, I had to go through that grief period, Erin, I had to, so I could feel the depth of how important it was to me to not give up on that dream. And if I left that part out, I don't know that we would be sitting here having this conversation in the same way.
0: I know, sadly, grief, I don't know, of all, there's so many, you know, grief and trauma and anger and depression and sadness. There's so many, the, the myriad, whatever season you are either, you know, emerging from or maybe dipping a toe to begin, I mean, i i do have to say that grief is the one for me where i i i can drown in it so deep that i think i'm never going to get out and i've recovered from deep deep grief four times in my entire adult life and every single time holy shit, i am the most bulletproof badass version of myself every time i can swim keep my head above water get to the shore i look back and i'm like i don't want to go back to that storm ever again but there's no way in hell i would have been able to be strong enough to swim to this land had i not been caught in that storm it's such a teacher and so if you are swimming in that awful sea our hearts are just yeah. sending you so much light and love but keep swimming because you're going to be this incredible version of you on the other side i promise you <laughs> i promise you from firsthand experience yeah uh, well, Amber, I just I adore you. As usual, my mind is blown. um I would urge everyone listening to please just get to know Amber better. Follow her on Instagram. She has two incre- I think two or three incredible books. One's called Quantum Wealth, which is all about these these reprogramming our money story and 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 rewriting the potential for our fiscal elevation. It's so honest and so real and raw, especially if you're a woman talking about your mother and your grandmother's money story blew my mind. Totally changed my relationship with how I've been creating my wealth. Um, Love that book. Also, Paddle Home is a beautiful book of poetry that Amber. I love that book, such beautiful photography. And it's just a lot. It's just I mean, basically, it's emotion on a yeah. page when I mean, you can feel it seeping out of the pages into your fingertips. And it's just a really beautiful, cathartic journey. If you're, if you're feeling like you want to be brave and, and dive a little deeper into some of the feelings that you may be going through. I think you have another book too, don't you? Is that, those are your Yeah. Two books? So
1: master your money mind is the one you were referring to. Um, oh, Master Your Money
0: Mind. I thought it was Quantum yeah. Wealth. Yeah,
1: but Quantum yeah. Wealth okay. is the other one. And that one okay. I collabed with my friend Adria Peters on. And that one's um, a more of a, it's kind of like an art book, but it, it it's going to deep dive you into some thoughts around different words that relate to wealth and up-leveling, how you think about money and abundance and all those things. So yeah, all three of those books kind of lovingly intersect with each other. I'll tell you this, Aaron, you'll this will make you teary. I was with my dad over the weekend and he said to me, um, "I the other night, when I was falling asleep, I read, I read every page of paddle home front to back and he, and he started to tear up and he said, you know, I, I've done that a lot, but he's like, and he just said, it really means a lot to me. And, you know, it just, I mean, like that, um, that's the reason I wrote that book, you know?
0: That's so yeah. beautiful. I'm sending your dad all the healing vibes and all the, the yeah. love. I'm, I'm walking a very similar journey, as you know, with my dad. So I just anytime yes. you need to talk, you call me girl. I'm here for you. It's, just, it's so you. tough, but there is nothing. I don't care how old we are. We're both 40. OK, but I don't care how old you are. There's nothing better than your dad looking at you and saying, good job, you. I am proud yeah. of you. We still yeah. just love to hear that even no, no matter what age we are. So I'm so yeah. happy that he um, gave you that moment. So thank you. love. Uh, Amber well, friends check out Amber Lillestrom on Instagram at Amber Lillestrom, check out her books. Uh, her podcast is incredible. The Amber Lillestrom show and Amber, thank you so much for being so vulnerable and so open and sharing your beautiful journey. And again, congratulations on your family and thank I can't wait to follow along and see what beautiful miracle you manifest next. So thank you again for being here. Thank you. And I appreciate you sister. Thank you so much for investing your heart, your mind, of course, your time with me here today. And it is my deepest hope that you have gleaned at least a few new nuggets on how to better live a life that you love on your terms. You can subscribe to see all of my weekly episodes. And if you have time, you can send a screenshot of your review of the podcast to onyourterms at AaronKing.com. And you'll be sent a free access pass to my Digital Persuasion Masterclass, where you'll learn how to attract attention, increase your influence, and sell smarter from behind the screen. I hope that you'll join me next week for another episode of On Your Terms. And Until then, let's connect on Instagram at mrs.erin.king. Till next time, friends.